podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Get a quote at AAA.com slash insurance and save by bundling auto and home. Hello and welcome to this gameplay podcast. We'll be talking about gameplay, but we're also going to be talking about the name change because EA Sports FIFA are going to be making EA Sports FC, not FIFA, at least next year. So we will discuss it. We did talk about it a bit before, but I thought it'd be good to bring it up again. The news was officially announced uh, between the last podcast and this podcast. If that's what you're here for, I will put a timestamp in the description. But in the meantime, we are going to be getting into some gameplay discussion with a host of gameplay experts, including foot legend Air Japes FIFA. Hello. Hello, Ben. Happy to be back. Bundesliga team in season, always like kind of fun, but yeah, yeah. Obviously, the big news with a, a name change. Yeah, also big news. Baby Graham's second birthday. How was it? Yeah, it was good. Nice. It's funny, like a, a switch flips, and like now we're like very much into two year old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, you know, that has been. Uh, well, exciting for him. Uh, my wife and I are figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> and did that mean you didn't get a chance to do Bundesliga? I mean, you said it wasn't really a priority in terms of getting the Reds or anything like that. But yeah, I, I think I still maybe have like 12 or 13 matches okay. that I could play. Okay. Um, so I've done some and I, it's been good so far. I just I figured, you know, I got to I got to give my chance at a Thomas Muller card. That is like a shockingly good Thomas Muller card. Yeah, yeah. So I opened that 81 times 11. Bundesliga pack, which I think came from one of the build-up objectives or something, or SBCs mm. uh, before the team of the season, and opened it, and immediately Thomas Muller. So um, at least I've got him. And I will talk about him actually because we're going to do some reviews. Um, that was a bit of a ramble there, but let's bring in our other guests. We have uh, some familiar voices, E World Cup commentator and commentator on many other events. Richard Buckley, hello, welcome. Thank you very much for having me once again back on the podcast. Looking forward to chatting all things gameplay and also FIFA naming mm. and uh, what that could look like in the future. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. Also, Richard, I mean, Thomas Muller, pretty minor in terms of the cam you packed right here. Well, <laughs> if you want to get me started, it's not only that, Ben, but I also spoke about Salah last weekend oh, on yeah, the uh, yeah. podcast. Oh, the pod luck. And, uh, yeah, just so happened to pack Team of the Season Salah in a Premier League Premium Players pack all the peas, and then last night did my 92 plus uh prime icon moments sbc and out popped top of the pile 99 pele oh, so wow Jeez. feeling pretty wow. good today that's mad yeah i mean that just uh i feel like there's some weird thing around luck on this podcast you know people come on they pack something good tends to happen but the one person that hasn't worked for although he did have a very lucky year last year so you know maybe it's making up for that uh is Hubert. hello welcome back hello thanks for having me uh yeah as everyone else said um interesting to see where the naming ideas are going but definitely looking forward to the future of fifa but also the present you know saudi team of the season it's a good time to be around yeah so. and actually talking of saudi team of the season um you've actually well, we can start with that, actually, because we don't want to do reviews first. Let's do it. Uh, you played with a few of the players from the Saudi team this season in your weekend league or finals. Which ones did you use and how did they perform? Yeah, so I was able to work four of them in. Um, I was really wanting to use that Taliska because he looked so good, but 
unfortunately still extinct at the time of recording. So mm. maybe eventually you get to try them out. But um, I used the Alioski, the left back. I used Everbenega. I used Romarino and Aldossari, the left winger. All pretty solid, honestly. Um, Alioski's fine. I mean, he's he's just a stay back left back, so he doesn't have to do that much anyway. But they're all fairly cheap. I, I think this Aldossari is probably the kind of the craziest deal. Mm. He's... Uh, about 30k and with a marksman he has uh five star weak foot and four star skills as well five foot seven high high work rates and with a marksman he has 97 pace 95 finishing 96 shot power 99 long shots all of his dribbling stats are in the 90s most of them close to maxed out 99 stamina 99 strength 96 aggression and 71 defensive awareness so someone who could probably play either wing as a striker or even as a box-to-box or a wide mid and a three at the back. So incredibly versatile, not great links, but if you can get him in, he's kind of crazy. Mm. Well, I think it maybe it's a wide sub if you're playing a three at the back as well. He could be pretty good, right? Because um, his base stats very good. Also, it's interesting, he's got the stocky body type, doesn't he? But he's very small, he's like 5'7". How did you kind of find that for dribbling? I found him pretty good. I was playing him as a left wing in the false nine formation, but oh, right. he still gets involved a fair bit just because of I guess stats being so good, he's scored five goals and three assists in five games. So I think for a winger, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's a good contribution. Nice. And, he, and how was Benega? Because I actually used him myself um, a fair bit, ended up because of what I was trying. I switched him to like fullback for a bit. He actually played pretty well there. Um, I wouldn't recommend him because his jumping is really low. There are just better options to switch in there, I think. But he was all right. I, I was quite impressed. He has some like outstanding stats, including really high aggression as well. Um, yeah, what did you make of him? Yeah, I found him pretty good. I was playing mm. him with an anchor as the stay back CDM. So with an anchor, he's at like low 90s pace and then high 90s passing and dribbling, um, basically maxed out defending stats and then uh, 99 aggression and 92 strength. So really can't complain there. The high medium work rates aren't really ideal as like a stay back player, mm. but he's doing well enough. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone else have players um, that they've used they'd like to review? I'm guessing with a couple of big signings coming in, Richard, there might not be much space for Bundesliga players. I, I did use one of the Bundesliga players, and it was Manuel Neuer. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is with Manuel Neuer, but I don't know if it's just for me or if it's just a, a general thing. They just can't seem to get him right. Mm. It's the weird animations. The one where he like puts his leg down, puts his hand down by his side, very similar to what he's done in real life in the past. But the ball, he just doesn't make saves. Mm. I, I really, really struggled with Manuel Neuer. Couldn't get a, his best form out of him at all. So he'd be one that I'd, I'd, I'd stay away from in the Bundesliga, which is a shame because I really like Manuel Neuer. Mm. Um, I think he's he's somewhat undervalued when it comes to sort of the discussion of best goalkeepers of all time. Uh, yeah. I think he's right in that debate. But yeah, just could not get him clicking this yeah. weekend. That's an interesting one. Um, we actually had a question, which I might just move on to, seeing as it's very much related about goalkeepers. Joe DW saying, do we think goalkeepers at the very start of the game, when they were very OP, would be actually okay now because of the power curve, where they have been patched time and time again, and now the power curve is so high, I think they all seem pretty awful. Uh, interested to know your thoughts. And maybe things that are broken at the start of the game are prepped for later, and only the outrage from the community force EA to eventually change things. I think it's a weird one with goalkeepers because it is somewhat hard to judge. I think we were saying, I remember this conversation, James. Basically, actually, if you had players with very high finishing, goalkeepers weren't that OP. Is that what we were? I think that's what we were saying at the start. 
Um, did you? Yeah, that's it? what it yeah. felt like to me, at least. Yeah. Um, I remember using like Benzema's gold card and being like, I don't. Like, yeah. I don't know. Finishing feels entirely fine to me. But what do you think about that, Hugh? The idea that goalkeepers are, you know, bad or behind the curve almost, um, and that shooting is just kind of super strong and uh, keepers don't get near things. Is that how you found it? What, what do you think? Yeah, it, it does feel like relative to where the attackers are, they're maybe not quite good enough. But I think also, you know, at this stage of the game, you know, kind of going towards end game and you have all these really top end players that like it's easier to create easy chances and you have players with maxed out stats. So like, I feel like it's kind of inevitable and I'd honestly rather keepers not be good enough than be too good just because then it can get kind of, you know, tedious mm. that, you know, you get a great chance and you can't even score. And then, then I think it kind of comes down to a lot more luck when it's like these, you know, you take a shot that they're saving often, but it just happens to find its way in. Um, whereas if it's higher scoring that, you know, if you're cr- consistently creating really good chances, you're probably going to win because those good chances are being rewarded. Mm. But, you know, I don't think keepers are that bad. I mean, some are better than others, of course, but I, I don't think it's like notably bad. Mm. Um, Richard, what do you make of this? Because I think pros often get quite frustrated about keepers because, and I think uh, I would say I do too sometimes, you don't have that much control over them. So should they really be having any impact on (laughs) gameplay? I don't necessarily think, I think the frustration comes from the unreliability Mm. because sometimes your goalkeeper will be outstanding and then other times they'll be awful. So I think if if we, if, if goalkeepers just really good all the time you'd accept it and be like okay that's a great save if goalkeepers are really bad all the time we'd probably see different styles of defending used. you'd probably play mm. a lot more around blocks and sort of sitting deep and not allowing shots going back to the question earlier when you're talking about the the goalkeepers if, if we didn't patch them i also think the the way in which the general public attack has changed dramatically since october as well like mm. we're not really taking finesse shots from 30 yards anymore a lot of the goals that I score, a lot of the goals that I see a lot of people scoring is that work it down inside the box, extra pass. Mm. I don't think goalkeepers, they might have saved that extra pass, but most of the time they're not getting near it. That's true. Even if we went back and played on patch number one FIFA in October. So I think, yes, it's all hindsight. It's all ifs or buts, but for for the most part, I, I, I don't really mind the goalkeepers. I just, consistency is what I ask for. Mm. I mean, the other thing to say, which is something that we've been talking about on the podcast for a while after we heard it from a gameplay producer, is reactions. The reaction stat, it's not reflexes, reactions, um, which you can see on the card, are much higher than all other goalkeeper stats. Uh, well, actually, you can't see on the card. You'd have to go in game to see it or go on a database website to see the stat. Um, but reactions don't get upgraded with special items. So let's take someone like Neuer, for example. He's gone from a 90 to 95. I guess that's not even the biggest jump um, that you'll see. Um, but his base card has 87 reactions and his team of the season also has 87 reactions. Um, but it really does impact players who are maybe, you know, I don't know, 80 odd rated who get a 90 odd uh, team of the season card because their reactions are going to be like 80, but they're not going up higher. And I guess that would mean that actually, because that reaction stat is used to gauge saves and make saves, these team of the season goalkeepers are never going to feel like team of the season goalkeepers because that stat is going to hold them back. So I think that is like a, an important point to make as well. That is why I don't know whether they should be as good or should have had their reactions as boosted is kind of another question because 
I don't know. I think it's quite good that they're not as effective as they they once were, perhaps. I have such mixed feelings on this because part of me is like, well, if you want it to be more like what you see on a weekend, you probably want them to be more effective to keep general scores low. That said, I think I would rather keepers be worse just because I think it uh, increases the likelihood that the skilled player will win. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's not what a lot of like pros basically think, and that's why they're always talking about how frustrating keepers are. Which, which, yeah, it does make sense. I think there's also a question uh, here, on addition to this point that Joe made from Gary, saying, "Can I add a tinfoil hat to this point? I think the increase in speed has been a hindrance." For goalkeepers when it comes to shot stopping. I hear all sorts about how Team of the Year, Donnarumma, Allison, and Neuer are on fraud watch. I'm actually not so sure about that. I think it's more to do with reactions as I just talked about. But the speed thing is quite interesting. I mean, I've certainly found Allison a menace to play against if my opponent knows what to do in terms of keeper charges. I feel like Hugh, and I don't know what you think about this, there's a certain uh, player that I'll come up against who's really good at bringing the keeper out to a specific point where they're going to be really effective at making saves. So if you're through on goal or even if you just get free in the box, sometimes they've got the goalkeeper out so he's in proximity um, really quickly and can make a kind of close quarters save whereas previously, you know, they've been on their line and the goal's as a result much bigger. Uh, is that something you've seen or, or any tips kind of on doing that? Yeah, I've certainly seen people do that, you know, bring the keeper out a bit more aggressively. I also think if you do it enough that then your one of your defenders will kind of stand on the line and they're very good at blocking shots that aren't like, very close range like if you shoot from the edge of the box and someone's on the line they're probably going to block it even if they're not really that close to the ball like it's kind of crazy how good the ai is that at those blocks um so i think certainly especially in late game situations if you need the ball and your opponent's kind of just slowly passing it around sometimes bringing out the keeper could kind of rush them into thinking okay the goal's open i need to take a shot and they'll either miss or it's blocked or you know, you kind of hurry them up and make them, you know, make a mistake. And if you're losing anyway, then you might as well try it. Mm. Um, I think it can be pretty effective that way as well. Yeah, I'm I'm that guy. I see the keeper <laughs> coming out and I'm like, I wonder if I can chip it into the goal from here every single time. Yeah, yeah. Does it, I mean, have you found it? It does work pretty well. Do you find uh, it consistent enough chips this year, chips? Oh, yeah, chips are great. There's this weird thing. I don't know whether you notice this. Like, if you're at kind of a tighter angle and you kind of have to, like, chip it to the far post so it's kind of going more across the goal you're chipping on mm -hmm. the diagonal but it kind of has more of a, a looped trajectory and it's actually more effective have you found that uh chips have always kind of been that way yeah actually to be fair probably just doing them more but uh japes anyone you wanted to uh, throw out um, review wise i don't think you've mentioned anyone yet the team of the season uh trent alexander arnold is phenomenal ah so richard you mentioned him actually as your pound for pound last week i did yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't lie about these recommendations I'm, I'm not picking players because they look good value for an SBC. I'm picking hurt. players because they're good in game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're welcome, Japes. He just is so, so good. Yeah. Um, and this is me playing him. Like I was, I didn't think he was going to be great, so I was playing him on seven chem with a basic chemistry style. Well, not even you know boosting a lot of the stats that I generally would prefer to. But he is really, really great. I packed. Um, I did like a couple of those player pick from the Premier League just to see like what would happen. And I got team of the se season Rodri and team of the season Diego Jota. Damn. So I'm like really, really tempted to like force them in to get Trent on 10 and see how he goes. Do you know I can one up that because I actually got Cancelo in one of my player picks and he is. Ooh, 
I would so good. love Cancelo. It's funny. I don't even feel like he's that wasted at fullback necessarily because he actually has an impact and he's defensively so good. I think probably the best defensive fullback I've used in a while, which you wouldn't necessarily associate with him, but he is quite sizable. If you put an anchor on him, he's very strong. He's extremely aggressive and uh, has been really good. I think the system that I've been using recently, sort of shaken it up a bit and gone for a 4-1-3-2. Very cool. Basically because I missed having a pivot player whenever I played a formation with two up front, which I did feel like was the best way to get the most from Cantona and Ronaldinho. And you do have the defensive midfield pivot. And in front of that, you have a player who's a playmaker who you know, roams around a bit and is more dynamic. Initially, I had Cantelo there, which did work, but I actually felt like Bernardo is more nimble and more able to kind of weave around challenges and his passing is just, you know, top tier. And Cancelo actually from fullback does a really good job at uh, creating chances too. In terms of the tactic itself, perhaps won't share it in its entirety because I'm still tinkering with it, but just some of the uh, basics of it if people want to try it. So the CDM just on stay back cover center and the uh, center center mid in front on stay back, stay on the edge of the box and free roam. Uh, also on cover wing, which is the default. We've got the left back in Cancelo on balance. So he kind of comes up and gets involved. And then the right back who's an on stay back. And the other positions, I haven't really fully finalized that, but the tactics I'm more happy with. I can share those. It's a good starting point. So just all on balance for now. Um, width at 40, depth is 75, and the width for uh, offense is 70. And then players in the box, four. So yeah, give those a go if you're interested in that kind of system. And uh, yeah, let us know uh, all the usual ways uh, what you make of it. And maybe I'll come back with some more home tactics in the future uh, once I've played with them even more. But yeah, we should probably move on to a gameplay question. Mike saying, uh, how do you tend to turn in the box to find space to shoot? Uh, Hugh, let's, let's go for you first. What would be your kind of go-to approach for doing this? I'm pretty reactive and just in terms of seeing what the defender's doing. Um, I think sometimes if a defender is kind of positioning themselves in a way to clearly show you to one side, they're kind of waiting for you to go there and so they can cut you off. So I will start to turn to that side and then immediately turn back. Mm. Um, I think especially if you don't have a player with five-star weak foot that they feel like, okay, I can show him, you know, towards the strong foot. Then as soon as he goes there, then I'm going to cut it off because he's going to want to shoot. So if I, even if I don't have a five-star weak foot, I'll still turn back to the weak foot and just shoot because usually it's much more open of a chance. And I feel like at this stage of the game with players with high stats, it's still going to go in. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Do you uh, use any skill moves or anything like that at all? Not really. I mean, most of my team doesn't have five-star skills. So mm. the only one I have is this icon moments Kaka I got a little while back. Sometimes I'll just do like a fake shot stop and then a elastico just because it's really quick. Mm. But in terms of in the box, trying to set things up, not really. I'm just constantly moving, waiting for a gap to open, um, passing it around. So yeah, just a bit more patient there. I know actually funny enough, uh, Richard on the last podcast, 
uh, you talk actually it's as yet unreleased looking forward to bringing out that little segment um at some point but we're talking about five star skills versus five star weak foot and you were saying that five star skills for you more important um and do you have particular skills you use in the box then just to find a bit of space the reverse elastical it is the one for me mm. especially if i'm sort of back against defender if you've got a five star skiller just being able to quickly pop that skill move off and then either shoot near post or look for the uh the far post i've also found the exact same combination, so the same movement on the right stick, but for non-five-star skillers, mm. I don't know the name of it. It's sort of like the the shimmy, like the it's like the body faint almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very effective just to try and create a little bit of space inside the box. So if you're moving it sort of from right to left or from left to right, when it comes to that player, usually it's been the Kevin De Bruyne for me. Um, he's the player sort of getting forward from centre mid as it's coming across him little body faint and then hitting that strike at the near post or across the goalkeeper on the five star weak foot is is the number one really that I would go for yeah I'm sure we've mentioned Elastico a few times but I think it's one of those things it's been effective for a while it's 100% worth going and learning like it's a fun skill to do it's pretty straightforward actually once you get it down the motion feels relatively intuitive the way to think about the motion is you're doing basically a half circle behind the player with the right stick. So uh, if the player is facing up the screen, then you'd be going from, say, uh, 3 p.m. on the clock to 9 p.m. Uh, to make them go to their left and then do the opposite way around to go to the right. It's also interesting because I think you get maybe a better, more exaggerated motion when doing it from standing, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there are a few skills like that, actually. Uh, talking of standing to get space in the box the thing that i would recommend which is very simple and i'm pretty sure any player can do it who has two star skills or above is just uh, the drag back i mean it feels a bit retro though it was better in past fifas um, but actually not dragging a 90 degree angle but dragging pretty much back in the same direction you came from especially if you've done some 90 degree drag backs to maybe take it onto a player's strong foot if you faint to take it onto that player's strong foot with your drag back, but actually you drag it back pretty much the same direction you came from, that will give you uh, a bit of space, I find, in the box to take the shot, often on the weaker foot. But, you know, as I said previously, uh, that isn't always a bad thing. And for those who don't know, the way that you do a drag back, just hold L1 and R1 or LB and RB, uh, pull the right stick back and then the direction you want to go, or in this case, back and then forward again and yeah it works pretty well um japes anything you wanted to add uh i use a lot of left bumper and uh what is it right bumper mm, yeah so left bumper what that kind of pulls it back the close control just to like switch around yeah. and the right bumper you can literally like do this like hop step deal mm. and it will take you where you need to be like you can just hop pat to the side of another player yeah so you're like hold rb and then just literally like start moving sideways rather than forward or just kind of uh no i'll like shuffle sideways if that makes sense okay yeah yeah because yeah. i i feel like the rb is kind of underrated like i don't see that many people doing it but it can be really effective and one thing that i think i was talking about recently in the discord that someone picked up and said was helpful information someone else was mentioning this too is the idea that when you dribble you actually don't need to push the left analog stick against the edge of the controller does that make sense so don't like yeah you full don't lock yourself in because 
actually that's probably going to be less responsive than if you just slightly move the analog stick around the edge. Well, it's also, you have to go a further difference to change direction if you do that, Ben. Yeah, exactly. And that combined with holding R1, RB in and stepping around tackles with that agile dribble can be really effective. On that, we are going to take a break. We'll be back to talk about EA Sports FC and uh, the renaming of FIFA uh, in just a moment. So you'll have probably heard before that Foot Weekly is made possible by our supporters. And that could be anyone. It could be you, for example. But it's also Shane, who's the founder of Mystic Jerseys. Shane's a long-term supporter of the pod, and he's offering 10% off the premium box for Foot Weekly listeners. What that means is for a special rate of just over £30, plus a little bit more for postage, depending on where you are in the world, you can get yourself a mystery box containing a random football shirt, which could be from a range of different clubs and nations around the world. One of the really good things about it is that you can send a message with your order saying that you wouldn't like a shirt from a particular club, presumably a rival club, and you can also specify which particular colour to if you'd like to take advantage of that, then you can head over to Misty Jerseys, M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E, and then jerseys.com, and then use the code FOOTWEEKLY, F-U-T, weekly, to get that 10% off. Thanks to Shane and Misty Jerseys for supporting the podcast, and of course, all the supporters out there keeping the podcast going. You can join them too. Just search Support Foot Weekly. You can get double the podcast content for just £3 a month. Link in the description too. If you do consider it, then a huge thank you, and a huge thank you for listening. But for now, let's get back into the podcast. So getting back into part two, we have brought in Brammers as uh, an industry expert, game critic and consultant, of course, to fill us in on the situation around the renaming of FIFA becoming EA Sports FC, which has been confirmed. And I think some of the headlines have been pretty dramatic about this uh, in the mainstream press. I think the gaming press may be more understanding of what's gone on. Um, I guess the impression for many people is that FIFA hold most of the cards here, which is not necessarily the case. We'll talk about this. But this is something that has been bubbling under the surface uh, Brammers for quite a while. That's right. There were some reports um, earlier this year, possibly late last year, uh, based on leaks from within EA, which felt like they were sort of laying the groundwork for this. There had been internal conversations uh, led by CEO Andrew Wilson um, prepping EA employees for the idea that they wouldn't be uh, making FIFA forever, that they might be making something called EA Sports FC. Mm. And yeah, then uh, last week we had uh, timed to coincide with the release of EA's financials. Um, a big post on their website in which they said EA Sports FC is the future of interactive football uh, mm. and that a new era would begin in July 2023. So it's a slightly strange one because officially EA hasn't announced this year's FIFA, but here we are and we've announced next year's EA Sports FC. Um, yeah, because you said 23, and so that is 2023, but it will presumably yes. be for FIFA 24 or what would have been called FIFA 24. Yes, that's correct. So. Yeah. What the, the situation seems to be uh, that with the expiration of the deal, they've gotten this news out. Um, I, I imagine a certain amount of it is due to the, the sort of public company aspect, but either way, uh, they've made this announcement. They've said that nothing's changing this year, so uh, this year's game will be FIFA 23. It will look and feel basically the same as, as what you would expect. But then starting next year, they are adopting a new brand name, um, and they have gone out of their way with the uh, the announcement to bring in quotes from all of their partners. Uh, and by partners, mm. I mean governing bodies, sponsors, etc. So you've got Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, UEFA, Conmebol, Nike. The point being 
very clearly, you know, we have done all of these deals with individual associations, you know, leagues, clubs, sponsors, everyone. So the in-game experience should not be negatively impacted in terms of authenticity. That is their Mm. message. FIFA, on the other hand, uh, the actual governing body, um, put out a hilarious announcement that uh, they were very, very excited about this change because it means they will be able to make their own superior football game, which will launch also in, also in uh, sort of 23, 24 or whenever. Do you um, buy that? No, no. I mean, the thing is... Um, Do you remember their film that they produced? Yeah, yeah. I remember funny. someone saying about that film they made that, you know, what kind of sports movie has the executives as the heroes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was very odd. Yeah, for those who don't know, it's it's basically a film about the history of FIFA by FIFA. It's very strange, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, so I mean, they, you know, I guess they have to be bullish, Um, but Mm. it's, I think the, uh, whenever I see a thing like this, I I guess I kind of think about like, what is the immediate impact and and what's the long-term impact um, for, for kind of groups who are affected by it. For FIFA players, for people who are into the game, and I think you can group everyone together here, casuals and committed players alike. Um, you know, nothing's changing this year. I suspect the in-game experience will feel extremely similar when this change does take place. Well, the big thing, sorry, just to clarify, is mm. in terms of licensing, right, it only impacts the World Cup. So all the players are licensed through FIFA Pro, which is like FIFA a, Pro, yeah. a kind of almost union of footballers worldwide, or it's a unified body of football professionals, right? So the names of all the players are licensed through that. So you're not going to see Rio equals Coca or whatever it was back in the day and, and that <laughs> kind of stuff coming in. And the clubs are either licensed individually or, or mostly through the leagues themselves, right? So you're not going to see Manchester yes. red and blue and things like that. So the experience for players is not going to change apart from maybe the World Cup, right? I think that's the... Yes, I think that's probably it. I mean, EA's big challenges with this, weirdly, aren't with the actual product. They they are with marketing because they need Mm. to make sure that everybody knows this change has happened when the time comes. But for them, it's it's kind of a win-win because they've been giving uh, FIFA presumably tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars over the years for this this um, sponsorship deal and you know i know that it was done for a pittance in like the mid 90s but i imagine it's got quite expensive in recent years i think they wanted 150 million right yeah and let me tell you that's a decent marketing budget (laughs) yeah yeah, (laughs) if you need to if you need to reach a particular cohort of people uh who may not be fully aware that this is changing then that's a lot of money and the other thing is of course that um you know, that, that also assumes that there is a competing product for them to be confused by. So, I mean, mm. Japes said, you know, do I buy it that FIFA will get their own game out? No, not at all. I mean, like making a video game from scratch, yeah. it, you know, it takes it takes a long time. Like even even these FIFAs, like we call them an annual cycle, but these FIFAs take two to three years to make uh, in terms of all of the stuff that's in them. Like the gameplay that you, you have in FIFA 22 was originally architected probably over... 18 months before it came out um you know there's a roadmap there's all this stuff and that doesn't come together overnight either you know that you need years and years and years of planning um so i mean they, you know they've got options uh fifa if we want to theory craft yeah, it a little could bit could they potentially go in with i guess pez well or, you know not pez but konami and there are these other up-and-coming brands as well but then my thought was would any of these want to be fifa because surely part of the you know idea of some of these games or Certainly a few of them seem like their whole thing is we're not FIFA, essentially. Well, like there's a be- there's a bunch of different options that they would have. Um, so, I mean, Konami, I really don't see it happening. So, obviously, the game 
eFootball has been a disaster generally, but that is kind of immaterial. Like Konami has one foot out of video games already. They don't make mm. enough money. The games make enough money for FIFA to be particularly interested in it versus some of the other options. Some of the clubs who presu- who've done like licensing deals with PES presumably did them at least in part because they didn't like dealing with EA over the FIFA game. So, I mean, I don't know quite why they're going to want to turn around and suddenly be in a FIFA game. Now, in terms of other options like PlayStation and Xbox, I don't think they would do it because of their relationships with EA. Xbox is probably the more likely of the two, but you have to say like what's in it for them, really. They're better off having FIFA on Game Pass, which would suit their strategy more. Mm. If the FIFA governing body does a new deal, I think it would be someone like Tencent or Nexon, someone like that. Um, of, and, and, you know, would result in a very different kind of game to the, mm. the, the, the FIFA and sort of ultimate team, um, that we know probably, probably mobile first. Um, mm. so probably wouldn't be a direct EA sort of competitor. I think they have like more sort of potential success that they could work towards there. Cause if you, you know, if you've played FIFA mobile, it's not brilliant. Um, it's much more about the menus that once you, as soon as you get into a gameplay bit, it's pretty bad because it just isn't a great experience on mobile. Mm. You know, if they're clever which they're not, um, but you know, if they are clever, they would do, do a deal with one of these quiet giants of the, of the gaming market, like a 10 cent or an Exxon. But I, you know, I, I would be, I would be very surprised if the result of this was a new FIFA game that had 11 versus 11 style gameplay, like, like this, the experience that we have now. Um, I'd be much, I think we'd be much more likely to see like world cup, the mobile game with, you know, uh, I don't know, mm. like football light elements and, and meta progression and stuff, but like more, yeah. more like something closer to skill games, but more mobile suited, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's also like four years till the next World Cup. I wouldn't be surprised to see FIFA end up like, I don't know, somehow striking a deal with EA for the World Cup in four years' time for whatever yeah. reason. It financially makes sense for FIFA. FIFA are going to do it. So, <laughs> I well, mean, you know. absolutely. And, and the other thing is that FIFA um, has. Because they have voting, right? Like, if there is yeah. a change in in leadership there, you could see the next leader turning around and and you know a bit like the Barcelona president's coming in and doing the opposite of what the last guy did, just kind of saying, "Well, let's go back to EA and be friends again." Um, yeah, yeah. Probably quite a quite a good way of considering how much money they're about to lose doing this. Um, mm. Quite a good uh, way to um, convince people to vote for. Them. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point. Japes, have you got any? kind of thoughts to bring on this sorry we've gone through a lot of things there but when i saw this deal the one thing that kind of stuck out in my head is and like i've been playing this forever and i very much think of this game as ea sports when i and when i say sports like that i'm saying it possessively ea sports fifa yeah yeah not fifa's ea sports soccer game yeah or football game does that make sense yeah 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 no, i get what you're saying like fifa did not hold the cards there and they thought they did. Yeah. Because they're arrogant. I think Bram has even tweeted about this saying that actually, you know, within the Discord, people maybe talked about it for a few minutes, if that, and moved on to other things. Because yeah. the fact is, like, it doesn't make a difference to committed players who know the game's going to change name. And Japes, I guess, from a marketing perspective, it's perhaps only a concern for EA that maybe FIFA do bring out something and people end up buying something called FIFA, which isn't the game that they're making next year. And I guess that's maybe the only big concern for them would you say yeah me sure like mm. you know you're in the u.s you'd say maybe your soccer moms go and they see a game called fifa and mm. you know the message doesn't get across or whatever yeah, i wonder what star they get promoting it i guess they could go out and get a pay to get like a big cover athlete and like throw something together but it's not you know yeah. the kid that's sitting at home and is like get the game with mbappe on it you know like <laughs> stick the world cup on i mean if the past anything to go by they probably put a set blatter on it again <laughs> 
Richard, I wanted to ask you from an esports perspective. My understanding is this might be very good, actually. Uh, yeah, I think um, I don't know what I can and can't say in a public setting, mm. but everybody that I've spoke to at EA is very confident for the future of EA's sports FC esports future, mm. FIFA's future, basically, almost as a shackles are off moment. Can you give us an example of a shackle? Um, I think that might be like useful. Yes, I can. And I might get told off for this. EA isn't allowed to do a prize pool bigger than FIFA's tournament. So any of EA's tournaments, whatever the final tournament of the year is that FIFA do, which is the E-World Cup, if they put their prize pool at $500,000, EA can't do any tournament that's bigger than that. So mm. for the E-Champions League, for example, which is one of EA's biggest tournaments that they do, they go right up to $500,000. If they could do more than that, I 100% think they would. And I think that would be $300,000, $400,000 for first prize rather than just a winning moment of this is this, is this for example. Wow. I think the prize pools will increase drastically. I know there's been a lot of conversations in the past about sort of prize funding and crowdfunding and packs being in the store for the esports kits that you buy bundles and give all stuff away like that and a percentage of that goes to prize pools and all that sort of stuff that we see in every other game may I say other than in an esports sense for FIFA I think things like that will come in I think they they have a lot of creative freedom of what they want to do because at the moment in the esports sense the the timeline Every single event that takes place leads to the FIFA E World Cup, the FIFA E Nations Cup, and the FIFA E Club World Cup because that's how the, the timeline's got to go. As soon as that timeline disappears, we don't have to culminate to an event at the end of the year, which may add as well the FIFA three events that FIFA do, the one at the O2 when it was Moalba who won it, EA have really no creative input. They're not allowed to really say anything that goes into that show. That is all a FIFA product mm. that is exactly the same as the World Cup. I mean, you've been to those finals, Ben. There's no EA. The only thing that's EA on that product is the game that we're playing. Like, that's literally it. Yeah, it was fascinating. The first time I went, I didn't realise how much of a FIFA event it was going to be rather than an EA event. Felt quite fortunate to be there because clearly EA didn't even have that much of a guest list at these things. So, uh, yeah, it is strange. And I was trying to think of sort of negatives. I guess we discussed maybe super casuals getting the wrong game or something. Um, but in terms of the future of EA Sports FC, I, there just doesn't seem to be that many that I can I can really come up with, to be honest. Final thing from me as well, uh, on the pod, the last, I don't know if it's the last time, but we saw a pretty famous case of this happening with champ manager, championship manager and football manager. Mm. So Sports Interactive were the people who made the game. When they split, Sports Interactive took the product, which is what we know as football manager, and championship manager is, I don't even know if it exists anymore. No, no. no so that's no. just sort of one example of how a split has been done and... I think 99% of the time, the product and the game and the, the thing that we actually subscribe mm. to will always come out on top. Yeah, I mean, it's not the same thing really, but it is to some extent. I saw that the director of football manager had actually tweeted saying that this is something that had happened to us and it was fine, really. They didn't have much of an issue with it. I don't know whether you as someone who more recently has been competitive, but before that was mainly playing career mode. What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I would just say overall, I think that FIFA needs EA more than EA needs FIFA. I think, especially like here in the States, if you ask the random person on the street, what is FIFA? They would tell you it's a video game, not like mm. a governing body. 
So I think that, you know, that name association is really for the game for a lot of people. And I think that for people who are more familiar with the sport, there's just a lot of negative connotations with like FIFA as a governing body with all the Mm. charges they've had and whatnot. I know I was listening to another podcast totally unrelated to this game, but it was about recently the rapper Young Thug got arrested and because he got arrested because of what they call a RICO charge, which is for racketeering, where basically if someone in your quote unquote gang does something, they can charge everyone in the gang. And they were talking about the most notable example of this charge being used was FIFA. So All like right. huh. when you have things like that, like that's just like not a great thing for like <laughs> yeah. a rated E video game that you want kids to be playing. And like parents are like, oh, let's look up FIFA. And they're like, oh, FIFA got hit with a racketeering charge. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, I, th- I think that they could really grow a lot, as others have said. Yeah. So basically, EA want to avoid getting young thugged. Put them on the soundtrack. Put them yeah. on the cover, dude. Put them on the, uh, put them on the cover of... Uh, EA Sports FC 20, what is it, 24? 23? 24? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, 24. Hello, Dwayne, by the way. What's up, man? Are you well? I'm sure you are. We're Bundesliga team the season underway. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil anything, but yeah. Yeah, you set me up for a really nice plug there as well, because obviously right now we're gonna talk naming with Zway, uh, but Zway is here to record the content podcast, which is uh, going to be about Team of the Season Bundesliga. We're going to talk friendlies, uh, loads of different stuff, and uh, that one is a supporter episode. So if you would like to listen to that and get an extra podcast every single week, support the pod, keep it going as well, then you can become a supporter for just £3 a month. And you could do that over on the Patreon. Just search support for weekly or for weekly patron or follow the link in the description, or go to bit.ly slash morepod. Uh, but for now, Zway, um, just before we go, what have been your thoughts on the name change thing? I mean, it was a, it was a little bit of a shocker at first, right? Because well, we had the news a few months ago that said that the name was going to change, and we didn't really know how that was going to affect the game. And uh, I get a text from my brother the day that the article dropped, and it was like a super dramatic headline that they came up with, right? Like, FIFA yeah, to no longer yeah. be a game. So I got messages from my brother is like, dude, did you see this? I'm like, yep, I saw that. It's, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, uh, F- F- the game will still be made. It's just not going to be called FIFA, which leads me, I guess, yeah, yeah. to the the next thing. It's just going to be strange that there could be a possibility that we call one game, whatever we call it, FC 2024. And then if FIFA do their own game, that game is most likely going to be called FIFA like how what wh- how are we how are we going to like refer to the game i just can't, i can't wrap my head around the main the main football game that i'm playing not be called fifa and for me that's just the strangest thing from what i heard in here it's uh, from what i heard in here and elsewhere it sounds like it's going to be more of a liberating thing for ea in terms of what they're able to do partnerships and all that mm. um so it sounds like it's a positive and the only thing is that it's just gonna we're gonna be calling it maybe fc or something like hey you want to get a game of fc still yeah, sounds yeah. a little bit weird but uh <laughs> I suppose yeah. more of a positive than a negative if if I'm reading the, the tea leaves correctly. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how long people just continue to call it FIFA. Also, yeah, sorry, Zway, it sounded like you've been hanging on the whole episode to come in, but he did just join at the end. I haven't kept him in the dark for the whole episode. Um, <laughs> but it's been great to have a little bit of insight from you here. And uh, obviously we'll go off and record the content pod. So we'll say goodbye to those dropping out here, which would first of all be Hugh. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Good discussion. Um, you know, a lot going on with FIFA, so excited to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, cheers for coming along. And uh, Richard as well, great to have your insights on this podcast. 
Thank you very much. And uh, if you want to see any of my unbelievable pack balls, you can on Twitter at rbuckley98. And uh, I'll speak to you all soon. Indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you very much to those two. And uh, we will go off and do the content podcast. Thank you very much for joining us, listeners. It's been a pleasure to have you. I really appreciate your company on this one and looking forward to plenty more through Team of the Season and beyond. Right. That wraps us up. So thank you to all those supporters keeping the podcast going and to those icon patrons. Dave B., Coach Vass, Chris W, DJ FIFA player, Hugh J, Steve C, Matt L, Alistair, Alan G, Anthony R, Dominic, Rob P, L, Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Roger D, Alex M, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Sam K, Jake G, Michael P, Zach O, Springford, Dominic G, Adam HC, Adam R, Andy H, Joe W, Dylan, Orion B, Mindor L, and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network.